0: Give me an explanation of why that might have... I mean, obviously, we're not saying there's fraud. We're not saying anything else. I'm just trying to find answers. Are Is you? there a logical explanation why that would be? I cannot think of a logical explanation on what that would be. Oh, oh, choose me. I can think of a logical explanation. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got a feeling something right. Logical explanations I'm so are us. i fall off my chair. Downstairs. Like Mr. Spock. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the Intertubes, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com on yet another day that the globe definitely does not need a blanket. Glad you could join us today for another thrilling edition of the Bradcast. If you missed yesterday's thrilling edition, it was it was an interesting one.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, it was.
0: Uh, in which, hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. In which I opened up the, uh, the phones to talk to folks who are refusing to get vaccinated against COVID, which is, once again, spiking all over the country, as you may have heard, though the infections are much, much worse and much more severe for the unvaccinated who comprise some... 97 percent of those who are being hospitalized right now and about 99 and a half percent of the deaths which is also uh the death rate is also rising once again and all of it is leading to things like restored mask requirements in various parts of the country and other troubles and so i wanted to hear from listeners themselves Why they, those who were unvaccinated, why they were refusing to take the life saving vaccines that can not only save their lives, but those of us who have been vaccinated, you know, with with vaccines that may not work as well against new variants of the virus as the unvaccinated help to help the virus to reproduce and create new variants that may not be where the vaccines may not be quite as effective against. So I heard from a lot of folks after the show, after we took all of these calls, from a lot of folks with a lot of different interesting reasons why they were not taking the virus. The uh, vaccine. uh, Taking the vaccine, (laughs) thank you. I heard from a lot of folks afterwards with, you know, things like verifiable links and other information that pretty much debunk largely every claim that so many of the misinformed callers called in with on yesterday's show, just as I had feared they would. There's a whole lot of information out there, and it travels at light speed these days. A lot of misinformation traveling largely over social media. A lie, as they say, can spread around the world before the truth can even get its pants on, or however that saying goes. So... You know, maybe we'll revisit the topic in the days ahead. But for now, you know, I just want to be very careful in separating truth from lies and truth from misinformation uh, today on a few other not wholly unrelated matters. This just in uh, first late on Tuesday, however, Tom Barack, a top Donald Trump fundraiser, friend and advisor who chaired. Donald Trump's 2017 inaugural committee, he was arrested on Tuesday on charges that he unlawfully influenced the foreign policy positions of the Trump campaign and the Trump administration in order to advance the interests of the United Arab Emirates, according to the Justice Department today. In a seven count indictment unsealed in a New York federal court, Barack, who is 74 years old and two others, are accused of, quote, acting and conspiring to act as agents of the United Arab Emirates between April 2016 and April 2018. That would be, of course, the entire period that uh, Barack was working on both the Trump campaign and chairing its inaugural committee. Barack was also charged with obstruction of justice and making multiple false statements to federal law enforcement agents. The indicted trio acted, quote, to advance the interests of the UAE in the U.S. at the direction of senior UAE officials by influencing the foreign policy positions of the campaign of a candidate in the 2016 U.S. presidential election and subsequently the foreign policy positions of the U.S. government itself in the incoming administration as well as seeking to influence public opinion in favor of UAE interests, the DOJ says. That, of course, echoes other federal charges against Trump's, uh, for example, first national security adviser, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who pled guilty to multiple federal charges of lying to federal officials and serving as an unregistered agent of Turkey, He was convicted of all the charges he was uh, indicted with before Donald Trump ended up pardoning him for them. Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is also currently under federal investigation by the Biden Justice Department, continuing a probe that began during the Trump Justice Department, but was largely put on ice until Attorney General Merrick Garland, Joe Biden's AG, came in and gave the okay to uh, revive that investigation, to raid Rudy's apartment in a probe that continues, in theory, even as we uh, speak into stuff like Rudy Giuliani serving as an unregistered agent of Ukraine. So, you know, the UAE, Turkey, Ukraine, that's a lot of secret illegal work for foreign countries and autocracies by a bunch of folks who like to claim America first, Go figure. So uh, hopefully the accountability will continue. There is a lot more to go, I would argue, and a lot of dirty Trump officials and associates who need to be brought to justice by Joe Biden's DOJ under the direction of Attorney General Merrick Garland. Whether he's up to it or not still remains to be seen. There is a lot of cleanup at the department necessary after the arguably unprecedented corruption by Trump's two former AGs, Jeff Session and Bill Barr. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Monday formally prohibited federal prosecutors from seizing the records of journalists in leak investigations with limited exceptions, reversing years of department policy. That's good, and I'm very glad to hear it. The new policy largely codifies the commitment the Garland had made in June when he said the DOJ would abandon the practice of seizing reporters' records as part of efforts to uncover confidential sources. The policy aims to resolve a politically thorny issue that has long vexed DOJ prosecutors trying to weigh the media's First Amendment rights against the government's desire to protect classified information. Garland wrote in his memo, The United States has, of course, an important national interest in protecting national security information against unauthorized disclosure, but a balancing test may fail to properly weight the important national interest in protecting journalists from compelled disclosure of information revealing their sources, sources they need to apprise the American people of the workings of their government. Well, that is all very good. And I'm glad to hear it from uh, from Merrick Garland on uh, on Monday. The memo makes clear that federal prosecutors can in some cases obtain journalist records, but those exceptions include if the reporters are suspected of working for Agents of a foreign power, oh. or yes, uh, or terrorist organizations, if they are under investigation for unrelated activities, or if they obtain their information through criminal methods like breaking and entering, for example, there are also exceptions for situations with imminent risks, like kidnappings or crimes against children. If someone is kidnapped and the the journalist has spoken to the kidnapper, for example and won't say who the kidnapper is, they might be able to get at their records to find out who they've been talking about if they feel someone is in imminent danger, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, these sound like common sense exceptions.
0: Yeah, I agree. Sounds reasonable, particularly after the last four years of Trump and even some of the behavior we saw from the Obama Justice Department prior to that. Garland was apparently moved to act following the outcry over revelations, which we noted some weeks ago on this program, that the department during the Trump administration had obtained phone, text message and email records belonging to journalists at The Washington Post, at CNN, at New York Times. As part of a investigation, I'm putting that word in quotes at this at this point, into who had disclosed government secrets related to the Russia investigation during the Trump administration and other national security matters, matters which had been an embarrassment largely to Trump, and thus he wasn't happy about the information leaking out to the media. And thus the DOJ was sicked on those reporters who had their records secretly obtained by the Justice Department and searched And gag orders were issued to the companies who turned them over. So the reporters were not told that they were being spied on for years. Uh, Of course, you might have heard more about that, except it didn't happen, you know, to anyone that Republicans care about. Otherwise, they would be screaming, holy hell, about the DOJ spying on journalists because here they actually were. Anyway, that uh, Garland was moved to act following all the outcry about these uh, revelations recently. And according to Garland's new policy, it's not yet law, unfortunately, but it's just DOJ policy. And as we know, policies can easily be broken by the either by the same DOJ or another president's Department of Justice down the road. Either way, for now, though, it's not a law, at least it will not happen in theory anymore under this attorney general, at least. Others whose records were also obtained Uh, By the Trump GOJ, incredibly enough, were Democratic members of Congress and aides, including their children, one of whom was a minor at the time. The members included California Democrats Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, both along with the members of the media considered to be, at least by the Trump administration, their political enemies. So as horrible as all of that was, it wasn't necessarily particularly surprising. Garland's announcement that they ain't going to do that anymore came after President Joe Biden said he would not allow the Justice Department to seize journalists' phone records and emails, calling the practice, quote, simply wrong. And about that, he is simply correct. In his uh, Monday memo, Garland also said he would support federal legislation to add protection for journalists Media advocates praised the policy shift. Uh, Bruce Brown, the executive director of the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, said, quote, The attorney general has taken a necessary and momentous step to protect press freedoms at a critical time. This historic new policy, he noted, will ensure that journalists can do their job of informing the public without fear of federal government intrusion into their relationships with confidential sources. That is very good, and that is very important. Yes, even though it's policy, still not law, it is still very good, and it is long overdue. But, of course, a DOJ policy memo, that's no substitute for actual legislation to encode that into law. Of course, that's not up to the attorney general. Uh, All he can do is change the department's policy and call on Congress to make a change to the law itself, which I hope that Congress will. But don't hold your breath, (laughs) because, of course, it would take, you know, Republicans to go along with it. And they only pretend to be outraged about freedom of the press and government overreach, etc. But I will be delighted to be wrong about that. I believe Merrick Garland on Monday would have received much more praise for that policy. A very good one had folks... Particularly on the left, not been quite so quick to attack Merrick Garland on the very same day for something else, something else entirely, which it doesn't appear he actually did. After all, for example, from uh, Sean Bell at the otherwise excellent uh, progressive revolving door project on Monday. Bell writes another day, another meritless decision by Attorney General Merrick Garland to protect Trump administration officials from the consequences of their own criminal actions. After a year long probe by the Department of Commerce, Inspector General into then Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross's statements about the origin of the 2020 census immigration question, which resulted in a referral to the Department of Justice for prosecutors for prosecution, for perjury. A.G. Garland has decided not to prosecute Ross, again, Donald Trump's Commerce Secretary, for lying to Congress. This, says Bell, is just one of Garland's many inscrutable actions to defend Trump and his cronies. Bell and the Revolving Door Project, in, in making their argument, they go on to say that since his nomination, the Revolving Door Project has continually express concerns about President Biden's appointment of Merrick Garland to serve as the top government attorney since taking office. Bell writes, our concerns have unfortunately been proven correct over and over again. Garland has upheld various Trump era immigration restrictions and pipeline permits and protected former education secretary Betsy DeVos from testifying in a case related to defrauding student loan borrower uh, the the defrauding of student loan borrowers among many other moves to protect trump's legacy bell's charges in one of his most concerning actions garland chose to defend trump in the defamation lawsuit filed by eugene carroll who accused trump of sexually assaulting her in the late 1990s bell describes these decisions and others as abhorrent moves to preserve trumpism and of course i don't know if that's why garland has made some of these inscrutable decisions uh, i've spoken to experts who say it's not about necessarily preserving trumpism but preserving independence for the executive branch and of the doj and the to to retain the right to do Some of the things that Trump did, but on a less criminalized scale, they may wish, for example, to defend the president in a legitimate matter, as opposed to defending a president who defamed a woman who claims to have uh, uh, been raped by him decades earlier, who would then eventually become president and, yes, defame her. Anyway, it's it's above my pay grade to understand, at least yet, if the DOJ felt they had to continue that case in order to not lose the ability in the future to defend the president on a legitimate matter. I don't know. So I, too, join Bell and Revolving Door here and the many progressives who have expressed befuddlement at some of Garland's decisions, but at least on This matter, on the matter of Wilbur Ross on declining to prosecute Ross for lying to Congress, it was not Garland's DOJ who made that decision at all. It was Donald Trump's. Along with the decision to decline prosecution of at least four other cabinet uh, top cabinet uh, officials, cabinet secretaries who were also referred to the DOJ for criminal prosecution during the uh, Trump administration including Trump's Interior Department chief, Ryan Zinke, Trump's uh, Health and Human Services secretary, Alex Azar, Trump's Veterans Administration chief, Trump's Transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, who happens to be Mitch McConnell's wife. All an unprecedented number of criminal referrals for prosecution from federal investigators and seemingly an unprecedented number of declinations by the Trump Department of Justice who decided to not bring charges despite the criminal referrals from federal inspectors. How did this happen? How did it? Well, we know how it happened that they declined to charge these people. But how did this happen that on Monday, Merrick Garland was attacked from everywhere, at least from the left, for not being willing to bring charges against Wilbur Ross and allowing him to, you know, get away with, well, if not murder, at least lying to Congress. Well, it happened because the story was originally misreported by at least two news outlets, apparently. In making his argument on Monday at the Revolving Door Project, Sean Bell links in his first paragraph to a story at Government Executive, which is a legitimate media site, Uh, that many on the left were citing with outrage on Monday when they were just furious about what Merrick Garland was doing. Here's the lead of the Friday story at Government Executive. The Biden administration has declined to prosecute former Trump administration officials, including former Commerce Department Secretary Wilbur Ross, after an inspector general confirmed they provided false testimony regarding the origins of the proposed citizenship question on the 2020 census. The Commerce Inspector General launched its probe in 2019 following a request from lawmakers, but said in a letter that that Ross and other officials played a substantive role in proposing the addition of the citizenship question to the census after Ross had said, no, he had nothing to do with it, it was all a request from the Department of Justice. The proposal caught, sig- caused significant controversy, as critics said it would later deter non-citizens from participating in the count at all, and it was eventually struck down by the Supreme, Course, uh, Supreme Court. But Ross, Gov. Uh, exec. reports, Twice told Congress that the addition of the citizenship question was based solely on a request from the Justice Department. He had nothing to do with it, he said. But the IG found that Ross, quote, misrepresented the full rationale and in fact did have something to do with wanting to add that question. In other words, Ross lied to Congress. He lied twice. That is illegal and likely would result in you or me being prosecuted for doing so. Ross and the others, the other four secretaries, it appears, they're currently all off the hook unless the DOJ changes their earlier decision. The government executive news site notes justice did not respond to an inquiry into why it declined prosecution. Even though in their subtitle for this story, they charge, quote, investigators verified that former Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross misled Congress. But the Biden administration said it won't pursue prosecution. But at that point, when they initially posted the story on Friday, the Biden administration hadn't said anything to government executive, as they say in their own story. Justice did not respond to an inquiry as to why it declined prosecution. Now, AP made a similar mistake. On Monday, their lead for this story read, quote, President Donald Trump's Commerce Secretary misled Congress about why he sought to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census, according to an investigation from the Inspector General. But President Joe Biden's Justice Department has decided not to prosecute. Well, that's terrible. Of course, today, there is this rather noteworthy change to that lead. President Trump's Commerce Secretary misled Congress about why he sought to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census, according to the investigation from the inspector general. But Trump's Justice Department decided not to prosecute. Ah, well, that's a little bit different, isn't it? (laughs) Kind of. So, uh, you know, they also noted that uh, in their original story that an inquiry to the DOJ on Monday did not get an immediate response. And yet they reported this. They were wrong and they changed it the next day uh, happily. uh, You know, they didn't try to hide it. They put in a correction. This story has been corrected to reflect the uh, to reflect that the decision not to prosecute Ross was made by the Department of Justice during the Trump administration not the biden administration ap got the story wrong government executive got the story wrong they did something similar as well they changed the lead and they added a correction after publication of the story the justice department and commerce department inspector general revealed additional information to indicate the declination to prosecute took place during the trump administration this story has been corrected to note this information So they got it wrong. Okay, look, mistakes happen in journalism, especially as news sites too often rush to get their stories out as quickly as possible to try and beat everyone else. But at least when they happen, responsible news organizations issue transparent corrections, as both AP and government exec each did. For the record, uh, at least uh, as of just before airtime, the Revolving Door Project has not added a correction to their story. I'm hoping that they will. But uh, I believe my point in detailing all of this for you is that our outrage culture has just become so insane and so hair-triggered That anything we find that justifies our preconceived biases, in this case, Merrick Garland is doing a terrible job. Well, that appears to be enough to lead many folks, sadly now, on both the right and the left to declare outrage about stuff even before we understand the full story. Mistakes happen. And responsible news organizations will correct in a timely, transparent manner, as uh, both of those two I cited did. But geez, people, chill the F out, please. (laughs) There's plenty to be concerned about at Biden and Garland's DOJ. This just doesn't happen to be one of them. At least not yet. I don't know what it will take to uh, change the decision by the Trump administration and decide to prosecute these people after all. I don't know if that is easily done, if they can do that. I would like to see them do that. And if they refuse with no good reason, then sure, give them hell. But, you know, at the very same time that all of that was going on, a policy that progressives have long called for to protect journalists from harassment... Secret harassment and being spied on, well, that was put in place by the attorney general. But it was the outrage about what Trump, you know, what his, well, Trump stooge Merrick Garland, you know, based on incorrect information, that's what received so much of the coverage, at least that I saw yesterday at news outlets and on social media. So please, people, let's just slow down a little. Get the story right before going off half-cocked. That's the right-wing wingnut's job. And they, unlike legitimate media, do not correct errors when they are made clear to them. They'll just, you know, disappear the initial claim or, or even as often they'll just leave the false charge up forever to keep misinforming their gullible readers and viewers and listeners and followers. Case in point. One of the main wingnut websites following the long-running clown show post-election audit theater still going on in Maricopa County, Phoenix, Arizona, is a site called Gateway Pundit, which uh, has been around for years and years and has a very well-deserved reputation for almost always being wrong about absolutely everything and never making corrections when they are called out on it. As I've been reporting for the past eight months or so on the various claims being made by uh, by those who have fallen for Trump's so far, still evidence free, big lie that the 2020 election was stolen from him. Throughout those eight months, I've received countless links from Trump Kool-Aid drinkers to stories over at Gateway Pundit. Supposedly proving me wrong when I say there's no evidence and asking me, well, just try to explain that, Brad. Well, they're almost always very easily explained as the Hoft brothers who run the Gateway Pundit site are propagandists and they're liars and they're uh, generally uh, they're not very bright. But they're also wildly dishonest. They have claimed, for instance, in story after story over the past eight months, uh, stories that are still up last time I checked a few weeks ago that Dominion Voting Systems owns ES&S. Mm, what? I know. It's up there several times. They have made a graphic about it, which is utterly, simply, entirely, completely false. ES&S is the nation's largest private voting machine vendor. They are competitors with Dominion. They are not owned by them.
1: So it's not just false. It's
0: stupid false. Yes. And... It's not just false and stupid false, but they have refused to correct all of the above. And it's not even controversial or confusing or an unknown thing. It's just an easily independently verifiable fact. So yet, you know, Gateway Pundit keeps up that claim in story after story for months. That, of course, in and of itself is a small matter, but it is meant as a simple to understand example of how folks on the right will lie to you unapologetically, without correction, even when they're publicly called out for it. They do not care. They are in the business of misinforming and disinforming. That's what they are there for. So it would be nice if folks on the left took a breath, calmed down a little, and made sure to get their story right before going off half-cocked or even full-cocked. Leave the lies to the brainwashed wingnuts and the disinformationists. Wait for the fact-checking from folks who know better. And to that end, as promised on yesterday's broadcast, we've got some fact-checking to do today, some of which is from AP, in fact, a usually quite reliable outlet. And here they are, in fact, reliable on new claims made on uh, Thursday by the cyber ninjas in Arizona and echoed completely falsely by the former still disgraced president of the United States over the weekend. We will get to that story uh, right after this. And yes, we will get it right. I'm Brad Friedman and you are listening to the broadcast. You're welcome. Oh, I still love this song. Paul Revere and the Raiders. Yep. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. So on yesterday's show, I detailed the new analysis of every county in Arizona that was compiled by AP uh, based on public records requests from county officials, both Democratic and Republican alike, as well as Republican State Attorney General, Republican State Attorney General Mark Burnovich, revealing from these records requests that there were fewer than 200 even potential cases of voter fraud in the state of Arizona last year. Currently under investigation, most are unlikely to lead to charges. There have only been to date four indictments of people attempting things like double voting, usually for a spouse or a dead relative. Two of the indictments that we have are against Democrats, two are against Republicans. So far in the entire state, out of more than 3.4 million votes cast across, across Arizona in last year's presidential election. In short, nowhere near... The massive, widespread voter fraud that would have been needed to give Joe Biden his 10,400 vote victory in Arizona last year. At least not by voter fraud, retail voter fraud of, you know, people sneaking an extra vote in somehow. Of course, none of that has kept Donald Trump or his happily duped supporters from pretending maybe even convincing themselves that the election was stolen from him in Arizona and several other swing states, despite the complete dearth of evidence to support the claim. Even, yes, from all of those stories at Gateway Pundit and the uh, idiot Hoft brothers. Of, of course, it's not for lack of looking by... The idiot Hoff brothers and many other idiots, as you know, Republicans in the Arizona State Senate have hired a company with no experience in elections whatsoever, other than to post false conspiracy theories about them being stolen. They have a lot of media. experience in that. They definitely. Do. but they were hired to carry out this post-election forensic audit in Maricopa County, Phoenix, Arizona. The head of that company, a guy by the name of Doug Logan, he is the CEO of Cyber Ninjas, uh, who was contracted to uh, oversee this audit. He testified last Thursday about some of the findings that the group has made to date in their secret, non-public, so-called audit of all of Maricopa's 2.1 million ballots that were cast last year. He testified uh, before a couple of... Uh, how, uh, of, of uh, State senators, Republican state senators, who had kicked off this entire fine mess, the audit and was initially scheduled for about three weeks, has now gone on for at least three months and counting. As it continues, with Logan offering an update to Republican lawmakers in the state senate late last week, almost all of it you will be shocked to learn was nonsense. And comes from someone who clearly has no idea how actual elections actually work. Here's an example: Cyber Ninja's CEO Doug Logan giving his report to Republicans in the Arizona State Senate on Thursday.
2: Um, so, for example, we have 7,000, 74,243 mailing ballots um, where there is no clear record of them being sent. And just to be clear, um, here in the state of Arizona, there's there's uh, EV 32s and EV 30. EV32s is supposed to give a record of when a mail-in ballot is sent, and an EV33 is supposed to give a record of when uh, the mail-in ballot is received. And so there should be an equal, you know, there should be more EV32s, more sent out than there are that that are received. Specifically with these, we we can tie them to a specific individual that was mailed to. And so we have 74,000 where we have them came back from individuals where we don't have a clear indication that they were ever sent out to them. That could be something where, where documentation wasn't done right. There was a clerical issue. There's not proper things there. Um, but I think when we've got 74,000, know, it merits you know, knocking on a door and validating some of this information.
0: So. Wow, I should say so. That sounds bad. They received 74,000 more absentee ballots than were requested by voters in a state where Joe Biden supposedly won by just over 10,000 votes. Busted, Joe Biden. So where did those uh, 74,000 votes actually come from? China? Maybe. (laughs) As you can imagine, uh, Trump supporters went nuts during this hearing that was aired live last week. Republican Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, for instance, she tweeted, in Arizona, 74,000 ballots were counted with no record of being sent in. I think she means of being sent out and then coming back in. But anyway, she says that's not normal. That's not right. That's not safe. Nor is it secure. And this woman is a congresswoman, by the way, nor is it actually true. But let's not let reality get in the way of a good big lie, you know, worth trying to overthrow the U.S. government for, I guess. I suppose you can imagine how Donald Trump himself freaked out about all of this and and much more that came out of that Thursday hearing. Of course, a number of responsible media outlets decided to check on some of those facts before freaking out, as the folks on the right immediately did. AP's fact check was among the best, so I'm going to work principally from theirs here. Uh, you know, So when you hear your wingnut friend or family member or co-worker repeat the nonsense version of this... Maybe you can let them know, no, they are wrong. It is all nonsense due to the fact that the cyber ninjas have no clue how elections actually work. Okay, AP starts their fact check. Former President Donald Trump issued three statements in two days falsely claiming that voting fraud and irregularities cost him Arizona's electoral votes. Trump relied on comments made Thursday by contractors hired by the state Senate Republicans to oversee a partisan review of the 2020 vote count in Maricopa. It's Cyber Ninja's CEO, Doug Logan, uh, with no experience uh, before Trump began questioning the 2020 results, no experience, no election experience, Uh, spread false conspiracy theories about the election before he was hired to lead the Arizona Review. Logan and Ben Cotton, we'll see if I get to him here, uh, a digital forensic analyst working on the audit, described issues that they say need further review. Trump parroted them as evidence that the election results are tainted. But county officials, yes, including Maricopa's Republican Board of Supervisors and, county and Republican county election director and other election experts, say the claims are false and based on A misunderstanding of election materials, which they say creates an appearance of irregularities where none actually exist. Trump laid out his claims, most specifically in a statement on Friday night. And AP sort of moves through them one by one. Let's see how many I can get to here. We'll start with, uh, well, with this first one about those 74,000 more absentee ballots received. Then were actually requested, then were actually sent out. That sounds very, very bad. Trump cited, quote, seventy-four thousand mail in ballots received that were never mailed, describing them as quote, magically appearing ballots. Don't laugh. <laughs> well. AP notes, uh, no. There were no magically appearing ballots. Trump is alleging that the number of filled-out ballots received in the mail by election officials exceeded the number of people who had asked earlier for mail-in ballots by 74,000. But, they say, that's not at all what happened. The claim mischaracterizes reports created for political parties to track who has voted early so they can target their get-out-the-vote efforts. As CNN explains in their own fact-check, the county stops updating the requested ballots list, known as EV32, I think EV stands for early votes, after the last day that people can request a mail ballot. That was October 23rd in this case. So ballots cast early and in person after October 23 and before Election Day Those are included on the submitted ballot lists known as EV33. But there's a whole bunch of people, in this case about 74,000, who do not have a corresponding item on the EV32 requested ballot list. So that would be 74,000 voters who, yes, voted early absentee in person, between the time that the last report is created for political parties to help them get out the vote and the actual election when the final EV33 list is made of all of the absentee and early voter ballots that came in. makes sense?
1: Yeah, so they were looking at a report that they thought told them one thing but actually tells something completely different. It
0: doesn't just show them absentee mailed-in ballots, it also shows them people who voted early in person. Which, if Logan, you know, is now allowed to go around knocking on doors, which is what he wants to do, despite the fact that the DOJ has warned them against that because they see it as intimidation and a violation of federal law. Well, if Logan did go around and ask people, hey, did you vote? Uh, He would likely find out that, uh, yeah, they did. They voted absentee in person. One report tracks All the requests that voters make for early ballots, either by mail or in person, up to 11 days before the election. The other report tracks all ballots received through the day before the election, which leaves a 10-day window during which people who vote in person but don't request a mail ballot would appear on one report but not the other. Or to Trump, the former president of the United States issuing an official statement that it is, quote, magically appearing ballots. (laughs) He also declared in his Friday statement, quote, 168,000 fraudulent ballots printed on illegal paper, describing them as, quote, unofficial ballots. Well, that's bad. 168,000 fraudulent ballots on illegal paper. All of that, the AP notes, is false. The ballots were not unofficial, they were not printed on illegal paper, and even Doug Logan, Cyber Ninja, never alleged that they were actually fraudulent. He pointed to ballots with the printing slightly offset between the front of the ballot and the back of the ballot, claiming this could cause votes to be counted for the wrong candidate if the ink from one side bleeds through to the other. He said the alignment issues were mostly from the polling place ballots, which are printed ballot on demand uh, on site, He said there was about 168,000 ballots that were cast that way out of 2.1 million in Maricopa. The overwhelming majority of Arizona voters, about 80 percent of them, cast ballots by mail, which are printed in professional facilities and are lined up properly. Election experts, however, say that the bleed through, if it does happen, doesn't actually affect the vote count. Because bubbles on one side of a ballot do not align with those that are on the other. That is done on purpose in order to avoid a miscount if, you know, the ink actually does bleed through somehow through the paper. Ballots that cannot be read by the computer scanners for any number of reasons are flagged and uh, they are uh, either duplicated by a bipartisan team or they are adjudicated by a bipartisan team. Logan himself did not uh, provide any evidence that alignment problems affect uh, affected the vote count in Maricopa. And he said the issue simply needs more analysis. Or, as Trump falsely said and his followers dutifully, if falsely repeated, 168,000 fraudulent ballots were printed on illegal paper. Unofficial ballots. Yeah, no, not the case. Totally false. Yep. Here's a troubling one. According to Logan, the non-expert hired by the state of Arizona to carry out this so-called audit.
2: So... We have also seen some interesting things related to the voter rolls. Um, so for example, we have 11,326 people that did not show up on a November 7th version of, of the voter rolls that should have been you know, after votes were cast, uh, but then appeared on the December 4th voter rolls. And just be clear, they show as voted in this past election, but they were not a November 7th version of the file, and they were they did show up on the December 4th version.
0: Okay. That sounds confusing. I, Is there, give me an explanation of why that might have, I mean, we're not, we're obviously, we're not saying there's fraud, we're not saying anything else. I'm just trying to find answers. Is there a logical explanation why that would be?
2: I cannot think of a logical explanation on what that would be.
0: I can think of a logical explanation on why that would be. <laughs> oh, ooh, ask me, ask me. I can do it. I know. But of course, Trump can't explain it either. And that uh, woman you heard there, that was uh, Senator Karen Fan. She's the Senate president. She's the one who approved all of this madness. So, yeah, uh, Trump claimed after this one, quote, 11,000 voters were added to the voter rolls after the election and still voted. In fact, this is a very easy one to explain that uh, apparently Doug Logan, super genius, cyber ninja, could not figure out on his own. There is nothing untoward about uh, voter rolls. In this case, we're talking about the number of people who actually cast a ballot as opposed to the actual rolls of total registered voters. There's nothing uh, outrageous about the voter rolls growing after Election Day because the rolls of those who voted uh, are actually updated later on. Uh, After the election is fully canvassed and certified to reflect the additional people whose provisional ballots are added to the tally after election officials verify that they are eligible to vote Uh, in Maricopa. uh, The county officials there said that uh, the voters that Logan is referring to are people, for example, who don't have the proper ID on Election Day. They have to vote provisionally. Their votes are only counted if the voter later shows that he or she was eligible to vote. To be eligible in Arizona, voters have to uh, register before the deadline, of course, and then they have to provide that ID several days later. Maricopa County officials wrote on Twitter, these go through a rigorous verification process to make sure that the provisional ballots cast are only counted If the voter is eligible to vote in the election, this happens, they say, after Election Day, only eligible voters are added to the voter rolls. So, yes, there is an initial list of people who voted that comes out right after the election. The number of people. And then there is another list that comes out after everything has been fully uh, vetted and the provisional voters have been added, etc.
1: A revised list according to Arizona election law and procedures.
0: And yet Doug Logan cannot think of a reason why that would happen, which means that according to the former disgraced president of the United States, 11,000 voters were added to the voting rolls after Election Day and were still allowed to vote. So you get the idea. I got to take a break. I got to get to Desi's uh, Green News report. I got some other stuff here. Maybe we'll do it on another day. But clearly, these guys have no clue what they are doing, and it doesn't matter. And the president of the United States is happy to echo and parrot and make even worse the nonsense that they are saying. So, you know, bottom line, at least as it appears right now, the ninjas, nor anybody else, and not for lack of looking, uh, have been able to find anything to change the numbers to change the numbers showing that joe biden won by more than ten thousand four hundred votes in the state of arizona but hey just a few more months and a few more millions of dollars raised from all the suckers out there and maybe you'll finally be able to stop the steal green news report is next i'm brad friedman So much fact-checking, so little time. (laughs) True. You better hope I don't uh, have to fact-check you, Desi Doyen, in your latest Green News Report.
2: In one of the world's
0: wealthiest nations, advanced infrastructure was no match for Mother Nature.
1: Catastrophic floods in Germany show nowhere is safe from our worsening climate emergency. Parts of Amazon rainforest now emit more CO2 than it absorbs, plus... The
0: NASA study predicts flooding will sometimes occur in clusters lasting a month or longer in the 2030s.
1: High-tide flooding hit a record in the U.S. last year. NASA warns it's going to get much, much worse.
0: All of that moon wobbling and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
1: And I'm Desi Doyen.
0: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and... Snarky comment.
2: California is in the grip of a drought, and that's causing Sacramento's drinking water to taste like dirt. But one city official assured residents it might not taste great, but it's still safe to drink. And was immediately sued for copyright infringement by Michelob Ultra.
0: (laughs) This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, boy, howdy, you are right. Nowhere is safe. What an horrific sight. We all saw in Germany last week.
1: Yes, it was. As we go to air, nearly 200 are confirmed dead in catastrophic flooding in Germany, Belgium, and the Netherlands as rescuers search for hundreds that are still listed as missing. Days of torrential rain triggered wildly destructive flash floods that swept away buildings, destroyed communications and transportation, and displaced thousands. German officials say the historic floods far exceeded the conditions that their flood control systems were designed for and exposed flaws and gaps in the country's emergency alert systems. The disaster hit just days after the European Union announced its ambitious roadmap to cut carbon emissions that cause dangerous man-made climate change And the floods have pushed climate action to the front of national elections to replace retiring Chancellor Angela Merkel. Good. The influence of man-made climate change in this specific event will take time to determine, but the floods are just the latest in a wave of extreme weather disasters around the world, including record heat and forest fires in Russian Siberia and Canada and the U.S. West, grappling with historic drought and record-smashing high temperatures that cooked fruit on trees in the U.S., Fire crews are battling more than 70 major fires. Oregon's bootleg fire, the largest in the U.S. so far this year, has burned more than 530 square miles and is so hot that it is disrupting the atmosphere. In California, utility giant Pacific Gas and Electric announced that its aging equipment may have sparked the Dixie fire.
0: May? Are those people still in
1: business? Experts say the wave of extreme disasters shows that even the world's richest nations are not prepared for cascading consequences of climate change, underscoring the need for governments to move quickly on adaptation projects to build infrastructure resilience against intensifying extreme weather disasters, even as they also cut greenhouse gas emissions. Here's Penn State University climate scientist Dr. Michael Mann in an interview with Democracy Now!
2: Uh, The fact that we're In both of these countries right now are witnessing the devastating impacts of climate change really drove home the point uh, that we have to act now. Dangerous climate change is here. Catastrophic climate change is here. And at this point, it's a matter of how bad we're willing to
0: let it get. Oh, I fear we are willing to let it get much Much worse.
1: Well, those consequences are arriving earlier than predicted. New research published in the journal Nature shows that parts of the Amazon rainforest in South America now emit more carbon dioxide than they absorb, primarily caused by deforestation, fires
0: and global warming. Let me repeat that. They now emit more carbon than they absorb. The Amazon used to be our carbon sink. It would keep us safe. It would suck up all the carbon Now it's putting off more than it is taking in.
1: NOAA announced that sunny-day flooding, or routine flooding at high tide, hit a record along U.S. coasts over the last year due to rising sea levels. And NASA, in a new first-of-its-kind study, warned that a natural shift in the moon's orbit around the Earth, combined with rising sea levels, will cause high-tide flooding to jump five- to tenfold in the mid-2030s, hitting some areas near daily.
0: Now, of course, that would happen whether there was climate change on Earth or not. This is just making it all much much worse correct
1: yes but there is some good news good. the nation of greenland has suspended all oil exploration because of climate change with its environmental minister explaining quote the future does not lie in oil the future belongs to renewable energy and in that respect we have much more to gain nice finally in that democracy now interview dr mann says there is hope in taking action
2: there is still time uh, don't let The doomers convince you it's too late to do anything about climate change. That leads us down the same path of inaction as outright denial. And the forces of inaction would love nothing more than for environmental progressives to remain on the sidelines because they're convinced it's too late to do anything. It isn't too late, but we have to act and we have to act now.
0: Oh, it's too late for much more (laughs) on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today. Check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planetwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report.
1: And it's too late, baby, now it's too late. Too late. <laughs> so now I just really want to... For the late, record, that I said that this was your choice for too a late. song. It was too late. It's all too it's late. Might as well late. give up on everything. And I do want to add one other quick thing. Uh, that there are now eighty major fires that fire crews are fighting in the United States, not seventy. Oh, you're fact um, checking
0: yourself. Yes, eh?
1: yes, I am. But actually, it's it's just because they've gotten so much bigger yeah. and there have been so much more of them since then.
0: Not good. Thank you very much, Desi Joy, and thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it, share it with your friends, family, and enemies alike at bradblog.com for free. While you're there, please consider stopping by bradblog.com slash donate, where I'm sort of celebrating my birthday this week, even though my computer, yes, is still melting down. down. Yes, (laughs) working on it. Drop me email if you like. Maybe I'll get it someday at <laughs> Bradcast at Bradblog.com and on the Facebooks and the Twitters. I am the Blog. I'll definitely see you there uh, until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman, good luck, world. It's not too late to turn this ship around to say.